Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. We've covered some bases. Today, uh, we're going to continue from what we started last week on how we fight. Say how we fight. How we fight. We've laid some foundation last week on how we fight. You need to know how we fight. One mistake many of us make when we get born again is that we try to do things based on how we think and how we feel or how we suppose it should be done. Sometimes we get such assumption from the way we observe people do certain things, but it doesn't work like that. In the kingdom of God, there must be understanding behind your action. So let me say understanding behind my action. Even the book of Psalms says, praise the Lord with understanding. So if you're praising God and you don't have understanding behind why you're praising God, it's useless. If you give, you must have understanding behind giving because if you don't have understanding behind giving, you're going to be a victim of two things. Number one, you will give grudgingly. Grudgingly means you give out of sorrow, you give out of distress, tension, regret, pain. It's as if they are, they are, they are forcing you because you've got no understanding. The second thing, you will give uh, out of necessity you will feel that you're obligated. It's a duty. So let me just do it. When you are a victim of those two issues, it's because you don't have understanding behind giving. Also, in spiritual warfare, there are three things that you'll be a victim of if you don't have understanding for spiritual warfare. The first one, you'll be a victim of mixture. Is that not what we said? What is mixture? You've just been doing trial and error. You see, when people come in, they're praying, they're doing like this. So you too will be doing like this. You're doing like this. Why are they doing like that? You don't know. Because you came to church, everybody is doing like this. Abby? Is it not so? Then if all of you are doing like this, all of you will be doing like that. So you're just copying behavior with no understanding. So when you go to your house and Sunday, you're not be doing like this. <laughs> no, it, that's not what makes it work. What makes that's that's just a physical disposition. What makes it work is the understanding behind what you're doing. That's what gives potency to what you do. Otherwise, you're just playing games. You Paul says you're beating around the air. Because there's no stuff. And you can't teach people. You can only teach people what you understand. Do you understand that? My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. If you don't know, you'll be a victim of mixture. You'll be doing trial and error all over the place. You'll be a victim of, you know, Paul says that we become no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with what? Every wind of doctrine. When something happens because you have no depth, you have no, you have no foundation, you are easily swayed from what you practice because you don't know what you are doing. Number two, you'll be a victim of mischaracterization. What is characterization? You start at, uh, you know, ascribing to Satan what he doesn't deserve. Your perception of who the devil is is because it's based on ignorance. It will be informed by home video, bad dreams and, and opinions and fearful and frightful testimonies that you hear. That, that's what will determine how you see Satan. And now you see demons, and now you see the works of darkness. The third uh, issue that you become, you become a, a victim of misrepresentation. Representation is to give a false or misleading account of something. That's what misrepresentation is. You misrepresent. You make wrong statement, misleading statement, because you don't have understanding. And the only way to cure all that is to have understanding. So I want to ask you a question. Do you have understanding when it comes to spiritual warfare? This church is a word church, so we advise when you come, get your word note. Don't just come and sit down and be looking at me. Write, learn, and go back and study what you learn. Coming to church here is not a religious thing. You're coming to learn how to live and function for life. And you should be able to sit and say, Lord, thank you for teaching me this from January till July. We're about to wrap up the first half of the year. Well, more than first half. We've passed first half. Because it's actually June. We've entered the second half. We're concluding the first part of the second part of the year. So what have you learned? You should see how you are progressing. What you're learning. How is your mind changing? 
How is your confession changing? How is your perspective changing? How is your responses? To, the things that used to worry you from beginning, are they still worrying you? The things that used to move you and bother you, do they still move you and do they still bother you? Do you still lose your temper the way you are losing your temper? Because if you still are doing that, that means you're not growing. And if you're not growing, it means your attitude to the word is wrong. You're not receiving the word of God with the intention to change. Because I've taught you this. Change is a choice. Look at your neighbor and say, change is a choice. All right. So we, we, we began to look at some basis. We said spiritual warfare is a good fight of faith. Say that with me. Say spiritual warfare is a good fight of faith. Turn your Bible to 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. I'm going to be saying some very important things today. Make sure you're writing them down. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. It says, fight. This, this instruction is given to all believers. There is a fight. Say with me, say, there is a fight. Is a fight. Say that one more time. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it, thank God you know it, so it's good to know. But whether you are knowledgeable or ignorant, there is a fight. And you have a part to play in the fight. Before you got born again, you were a victim because you were under the dominion of satanic fatherhood. But now that you are born again, 1 John 5 says you have become an overcomer. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Say with me. Say, I am an overcomer in Christ. Say that one more time. Say, I am an overcomer in Christ. The word overcomer means you have been saved to have dominion. You have been saved to subjugate, to rule, to reign in Christ. Praise God. All right. So he said, fight the good fight of faith. Then he explains to us what the good fight of faith is. Let's continue. Lay hold on eternal life. So that means in this fight of faith, brothers and sisters, your advantage is eternal life. And can I ask you a question? Who is eternal life? Praise God. First John 5 says that Christ is eternal life. Say with me, say Christ is eternal life. Say it again. Say it. Say it louder. Say it louder. Say it one more time. So, who is eternal life? Christ is eternal life. How do I know? Scripture is replete with that. But the, one of the most basic you should know is John 14 verse 6. What does it say? I am the way. Huh? The what? Uh -huh. What's the next one? What is the third one? So Christ is the life. Is that not so? That life is everlasting life or eternal life. So when you fight the good fight, you lay hold on eternal life. What does it mean to lay hold? It means to engage eternal life. What is eternal life? Christ. Glory be to God. And what is Christ? Christ is who he is as a person. He's God. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our Master. Christ and what he has done is eternal life. And he said, I've come that you may have life. And have life in what? In abundance. So we can, we can rephrase it. I've come that you may have me. And have me in what? In abundance. Because he is life. Glory be to God. Lift your hands and say, Father, thank you that Jesus is eternal life. Say, I have received eternal life because I believe in Jesus Christ. So you say, I have eternal life. In 1 John chapter 5, I believe, I think verse 12, he said, I write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. See, to have eternal life means to possess the nature and the life of God, to have Christ. To have eternal life is to possess the nature and the life of Christ. Now, but what he's telling us here is not have. Because we already have it when we got born again. What he tells us to do is what? Lay hold. Everybody say lay hold. Lay hold. You can have something and not use it. To lay hold on eternal life simply means to engage the virtues, to engage the privilege, to engage the rights and the power of eternal life. You were created to live by the life of God. There are two kinds of life. The first one was the one you and I were born into. It's called the natural life. Suchi, it's called natural life. 
That's the life we received when we got born again. But we're spiritually dead. We're spiritually dead. So Jesus came so that the second birth, which was a spirit birth or a spiritual birth, can be possible and available to all men. So when he told Nicodemus, he was simply revealing to Nicodemus why he came. He said, you must be born again. Why? Because every man born into natural life has been born into sin because of Adam's transgression. So the day you got born again, brothers and sisters, you were born into life. Say, I was born into eternal life. You were born into the God kind of life. The God kind of life is the God kind of reality. You were born into the heavenly. There's something I posted this morning. That when you are in Christ, you have been made to sit and operate from the heavenly. The heavenly is Christ. You are not under the subjection of the terrestrial or the earthly anymore. You are in the earth, but you are not of the earth. Where you sit and where you operate from is Christ. And Christ is heavenly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you are not to be a victim. You are a victor. You are an overcomer. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody shout, I'm an overcomer. Shout and say, I am an overcomer. Say, I am an overcomer. Glory be to God. So you need to know this. As you engage, you say, fight the good fight of faith. And how do I do? I lay hold. I take hold of eternal life. I take hold of Christ and what he has done for me. That's why I lay hold on eternal life. Then he says, whereunto thou art called. You were called to lay hold on eternal life. You were called to function by eternal life. You were called to live by eternal life. You were called to war by eternal life. Because if you want to see the way Jesus fight, go and read Revelation. You will not want to be on the opposite side of Christ. You didn't hear what I said. Oh, go and read Revelation. You will see some amazing revelation of Christ. He fights with his mouth. The Bible said he will smite the nation with the words of his mouth. You don't want to fight that one, trust me. <laughs> Satan is a small game. The Bible said it is fearful. It's a fearful thing to do what? To fall into the hands of who? The living God. But I thank God I'm on his side. Glory be to God. Somebody say, I'm on God's side. Shout it, say, I'm on God's side. Jump up on your feet, say, I am on God's side. Look at your neighbor, say, you are on God's side. Say, God is with you. God is for you. Therefore, nobody can be against you. Say, I am on God's side. Hallelujah. All right, glory be to God. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed a good Okay, I used the New King James. Profess means to confess. All right? Confess or profess a good profession before many witnesses. We'll deal with what's, what those witnesses are. So we said the first thing you need to know is that the fight is what? A good fight. Why is it a good fight? Jesus made it a good fight. Say amen. amen. And because it's good, it's not frightful. It, it, it could be an intense fight at times. It could be tough. But it's tough for our good because we're on the side of good. Say amen. The Bible said the Lord is good. Is that not so? And we are on the side of good. So it does not matter what the battle is like. We are always winners because we are on the side of good. Say amen. amen. All right? And, 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 and we said we do not fight to win. No, we won before we fight. Because we are already declared winner before the battle began. Say amen. Why is it so? Because over 2,000 years ago, Jesus won any fight that the enemy can raise against you. Say amen. So whatever you are facing right now, just look at it, smile, laugh, praise God, shout, scream, glorify, rejoice, and laugh. Why are you doing that? Because you say, Satan, you came 2,000 years late. You don't hear what I said? So whether it's a financial issue, whether it's a domestic issue, business issue, whatever it is, when, 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 when you just, just laugh, why are you laughing? Because you're careless? No. Because you have understanding. You just said, Satan, you came 2,000... Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? You came 2,000 years late. Say, before this one started, I won. And I'm going to show you that I won. I won in him, and I will continue to win. Because he has won the victory for me. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, Thanks be unto God, who always, always, not sometime, not weekly, not two months, not one way, you know, some people say, you know, in Christ, you, sometimes you can win some, lose some. We don't lose anyone. 
we win everything. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. In Christ, we don't lose some. We'll do what? We win everything. We win everything. That's how you think. Glory be to God. Because the foundation of your victory is not your effort. It's the liberty that we have in Christ. And that liberty is a guaranteed one. Say amen. It's a, somebody say it's guaranteed. Failure proof. Say it, say it now. Say failure proof. Say guaranteed and failure proof. So when you fight based on that, you will win always. It's guaranteed. Glory be to God. Somebody say amen. amen. Then we said the second thing you need to know about the fight, which is very critical, is that it's a faith fight. Say that with me. Say it's a faith fight. Look at the number. Say it's a faith fight. Say it's a faith fight. So that means your, your primary core enemy is not your neighbor. It's not that person you don't like. I know because of attitude, you can have issues with people, but the truth be told, whatever you're having with anybody, your real enemy, that's just an agent. Someone say an agent. an agent. Anybody that doesn't like you, hates you, and doesn't love him, it's just being used by the enemy. All right? It's an agent of the enemy. In the, in the, in the hierarchy of wickedness, they are considered as agents. Ephesians 2 says, the spirit that works in the children of what? Disobedience. Children of disobedience, they are simply agents of disobedience. Glory be to God. So, but, 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 and, and if you get carried away by the people, because that's where a lot of people miss it in spiritual warfare. You think that man who is making incantation against you from the village, listen to me, is your enemy. It's not your enemy. It's a spirit walking through the person. So when, when you, maybe... The person that dies. Yeah, hey, Iroko tree has fallen. My friend, stop that. Stop that. The demon that walked you will go down and look for another person and walk. So you'll be killing all the Iroko tree. Your problem is not Iroko tree. Iroko tree is the tree God made. God made the tree. I don't know why they call it Iroko tree, but it's a tree. And in Genesis, God created all the trees. Is that also? The devil did not create one. He's not a creator. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So whether they go and rent a space there, it doesn't change the fact that God made everything. All right, so a tree is what? A tree. Don't, don't let culture skew your mind. Okay? So, it, it's, oh, he has fallen. Then you'll not be happy because somebody you felt that didn't like you died. Sorry, oh, your enemy is still alive. Oh. And where? It's a spirit. He don't die. Did you hear what I said? So, if you think it's a human being, so the person that dies, ah, the Iroko tree has fallen. Hey, Jesus. No. You are rejoicing for the wrong reason. As a matter of fact, what God said in the book of Proverbs is a timely wisdom. He said, when you rejoice that your enemy dies, say, God gets angry. God gets angry. Did you hear what I said? He said, when you rejoice when the wicked dies, he said, God gets angry. I will show you in Proverbs. Why? Because in Ezekiel, God himself said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It doesn't fulfill any purpose for me. Because to God, can I say this to you? To God, no wicked person is a threat. You didn't hear what I said. Can you hear what I, can you listen to me? I said to God, no wicked person is what? Is, can, can, even the devil, their, their father is not a threat. Who born you? So why, why will you let the devil just play you games? No wicked person is a threat. Go read your Bible very well and you will see that God has a track record. That even the Most High rules in the affairs of men and gives the kingdom to whoever he wants. When Nebuchadnezzar was the world power and, and he felt that he had captured the world by his strength, God first warned him. When they began to use holy things for shark and dance and, you know, just, just to mock them. Get all those that find gold and, and silverware from the temple. Let's shark with it. We, we are the superpower. Nobody can fight us. While they were busy, you know, frolicking and flexing, a hand came out and wrote on the wall. Panic came. What is this? They called all the astrologers. They couldn't interpret it because it didn't come from their kingdom. So only Daniel showed up. Daniel looked at him. He said, you want to hear this? He said, yes. Mene, mene, take you have been judged and found waiting. Your time is coming. The man, if you read your Bible, he actually peed on himself. Where he did? The day I saw it, I laughed. He panicked and he was like, it's okay, what do I do? Daniel said, well, you have a chance to advert this. Because he had a dream where he saw a stone came and crashed him and he was given the sense of an animal for seven years. He didn't stop him. Daniel said, you can, you can repent, change your ways, and God will have mercy on you. Because God will always be restorative. 
But this guy, you know, you know, there's a shark of power. You know, it's not only drink that shark. Oh, sure, you know, power shark. Have you ever had a friend that was very nice, very close? You know, he greet you. You went to the same school. You hang around. You talk. Then you now hear that I got into an oil company. Then when he now greets, do I know you? Uh, if it has not happened to you, maybe you don't. You can't appreciate what I'm saying. When we're talking, he will pass you like uh, you say, John, John. Then he will now look at you like this. John, okay, do I know you? Because you are working in oil company. You now put on one Satan attitude at me. Oh, sorry, I'm so ah, you don't change, I don't recognize you. <laughs> me, I won't shake you. That's how I am. Somebody saw me one time in the bank. Ah! I remember because we went to the same school. He said, Man, you're different. Because I was bigger than that. So you are bigger than that. I said, So are you too. Then she did like this. He said, everything she said, I, I said, So so are you too. <laughs> so she got my message. How can you that? You've not seen me family. And I say, the only thing you can say is you are big. You too, you are big too now. <laughs> me, I have mouth to show you, you know. Me, I have mouth. <laughs> I have mouth. I say, you are big too now. You are big. It's, it's much more. You are, you, know, big. you are bigger than when I saw you too. If you, that's what you see me, I'm saying the same thing. You are big too. Praise the Lord. So, the power entered his head and a voice spoke from heaven and said, just as it has been said, so will it be. A sense of an animal was given to him, and it was like an, an it grew claws, grew wings, and all whatever. It was like an animal for seven. You know why? Because God has something personal with pride. Tell your neighbors, you don't be proud. Look at the person. They say, Pride goeth before he fall. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you need to get all these things in place. How did I entire? Okay, let me go back. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, and he tells us how to fight it. Where he said, how do we lay on eternal life? He said, whereunto you are called and has professed a good profession. Is that not so? And so we said, the second fight is a fight of faith. What is a fight of faith? It's a fight of words. Everybody say words. Come on, say that boldly. Say words. Okay, the scripture is gone. The word profess is the same word confess. And what is confession? Confession is practically from a Greek word called homologio. Everybody say homologio. Say it loud. Say homo. That's H-O-M-O, lojo. It's pronounced L-O-G-E-O. Homo means same as, or the same as. Then lojo means speaking. So when we use the word confess, we're saying saying the same thing as another. In this case, our profession is Christ. Our emphasis is Christ. So we are saying what God says in Christ. Say amen. So when we use the word confess, don't become religiously biased. Because some of you, anytime you use the word confess, it's to confess sin. That's all you think about. No, that's not what we're talking about. To confess means to say what God has said. And we looked at Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. He said, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we may boldly say. Come on, say boldly say. Boldly say. Now, now, he didn't just say we may say. He says boldly. What is boldly? That means you must speak with authority. You must speak with understanding and you must speak with persuasion. There's a difference between just talking and talking boldly. When you speak boldly, you speak with persuasion, you speak with understanding, you speak with audacity and you speak with what? Authority. We may boldly say the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Glory be to God. So if you're going to fight spiritual warfare, you just must, your mouth, tell yourself with me, say, my mouth must be open. Say, spiritual warfare is speaking. I didn't hear you. Say, spiritual warfare is speaking. I didn't hear everybody. Yeah, you have to talk. You have to talk. You have to speak. Don't say I'm quiet, then you are dangerously in problem. To say I'm quiet is to be spiritually vulnerable to attack. Because there is always talking. There's the, the kingdom of darkness is never quiet. You know what I know? That's why you are, now that there's uh, social media, it is very easy to hear the pronouncement of the kingdom of darkness. They are always talking through the news. They are talking through movie. They are talking through drama. They are talking through um, television, they're talking through social media platform, they're talking through Twitter, they're talking through Facebook. Is there any time you will open Facebook and you will not see bad news? Anywhere you see bad, that's the kingdom of darkness. They're talking, and it's words they're releasing. They're speaking words. 
When you read in the newspaper that somebody was killed, that's the kingdom of darkness talking. When you hear about the battle, that's the kingdom of darkness talking. And, and here you are, witnessing all these speakings of darkness, and you are saying nothing. Say, now, wow, what is now? Say, now, wow, we're really in the last days. So, now, wow, we can, if you're not careful, what is going on will not become what is happening in your mouth. You will not start saying what they are saying. Some of you don't get this psychology. The entire, Satan understands the power of your words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says in Proverbs, life and death is where? Let's go there and read it so you understand what I mean. Go to Proverbs. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I think Proverbs 18, I'm sure. Somebody say, Glory be to God. Say, Glory be to God. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Yes, I'm right. Everybody go there. I want you to look at it. I will tell you the reason why many of us are losing the battle. Something appears like it's a sickness. It starts with a pain or an itch in your body. That's darkness speaking to your health. The many of you will keep quiet. He said, I know you're saying anything. I just live on. Then from an itch and a small pain, it will not turn into a big sore. From a big sore, it will not become an infection. From an infection, it now becomes bone trouble. From bone trouble, it will not spread over your body. And here you are, darkness has made a suggestion to you, and you spoke nothing. In fact, you can say, say hey, now wow, I just wake up, I just see one dot for my body. Were you born with the dot? No. So why should it be in your body? The devil is telling you how he feels about your health, and you keep quiet. Let me show you that. Proverbs 18, 21. Are you there? Are you ready to fight? Yes, I said, are you ready to fight? Yes, I hope I'm not having an issue with network again. I just saw the thing came on now. Huh. Proverbs 18, 21. Because we should know how to do all these things and sort it out. Proverbs 18, 21. Are we there? Yes. What does it say? Yes. Death. Yes. Hold on, hold on. Don't, don't rush. Because sometimes we quote and we don't meditate. What does death mean? Death means anything that dies. Is that not so? Is that not so? Death means anything that dies. And death is under three compartments. John 10, 10. Steal, kill, and destroy. So death is anything that steals, anything that kills, and anything that what? Destroys. And, and the Bible tells us where death is released and powered from. Then it goes to life. What is life? Anything that lives. Somebody say anything that lives. Life is what? Anything that lives. Life means absence of death. To live means to, to be alive. To be alive. To be free from death. Or to be free from anything that steals, kills, and what? Destroys. That's life. And the Bible tells us that we are commanders of these two forces, depending on how we talk. In spiritual warfare, we are to lay hold on what? Eternal life. So, in spiritual warfare, we are to leverage on life. Ask your neighbor, are you speaking life or death? Say it, say it, say it. When you understand the psychology of this warfare, you understand why it begins from the mind. Because what the devil convinces you is to accept certain dispositions of life. Let me tell you how Satan kills people in certain areas, like in their health. He sells you a psychology that what you eat does not matter. You will read it from somewhere or you will watch it in a joke of an idiot. There is no medical information or background about anything. Have you not seen one uh, 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 skit? I'm, I'm sure some of you have seen it. One guy with different... Say, I bet let me make a shop. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Have you seen that skit? That's demonic. You don't eat like a fool. You eat with wisdom and you eat smart. Did you hear what I said? You see, fat is food. Did you write it? You will save some of you. Write it down. Fat is what? Write it down. Write it. Fat is what? Is food. Be deceiving yourself. 
The reason why some of you are not changing is because there are some lies about your health that Satan is behind it. Listen, anything that steals, anything that kills, anything that destroys is a perversion of Satan. Satan is not the creator of food. What he does is to pervert what God has created. That's his job. He doesn't, he's a created being himself. So what does he do? He perverts, he twists it with lies and gets it to be abused. The same food that can give you life can be abused to destroy you. The same water you drink that helps you can also kill you. People can drown in water. Is that not true? Yeah. So what is death? Death is a perversion. Everybody say perversion. A corruption of what is intended to give life. Write that down. That's a revelation that you need to understand. What is death? It's a corruption or a perversion of what is originally intended to give you life. And we are now in spiritual warfare. What are you wielding or wielding? Are you wielding death or are you wielding life? Some of you, there are some things you're talking here. There are some of you, you are into business. Before the business, we won't use leg to touch the ground. You have killed it with your mouth. Say this business, self. He go work. Everything he had now. Who go even go patronize me? Eh? I never get shop. I never get. My mother used to say what he said. He said, The sky is my signboard. Because she runs, after uh, retirement, she runs a maternity home. And people will come from far and near to come and look for her. And I say, Mama, Mosi, why not put a, you know, a, a, a. she has a revelation with what she's doing. So you see the sky? It was a matter I heard it for the first time. That was a revelation. Say the sky is my signboard. Is there anywhere you go you will not see the sky? What she said, I said, okay, I get it. And that's your life. Are you hearing me? Can anybody limit the sky? Can anybody stop the sky? Can anybody shade the sky? You can only shade your view to the sky. The sky will still be the sky. So what are you wielding? He said, death and life, where are they? In the power of of the tongue. What is the power of the tongue? What you are saying. In spiritual warfare, it's about the power of the tongue. Are you speaking death or are you speaking life? Christ is eternal life. Laying hold on eternal life is speaking Christ and what he has done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what we do. That's what we fight. So if your knowledge of Christ and what he has done for you is infantile, brothers and sisters, you'll be talking more of death. Many of us don't get this. I've said this. I, I, I heard it when I was teaching during the issues of the hard broadcast yesterday. That for you to think, delay is never from God. Delay has to do with our understanding and our response. Write it down. Bible says, let God be true and every man be what? Delay is not what? It's never with God. It has to do with two things. Understanding and what? Response. Everybody say response. Say it now. Say Understanding. And response. That's where delay comes from. When you have the adequate and correct understanding, which will in turn lead to the right response, the delay will disappear. Yes, there are some delays that are divine and they are destiny wise. But any delay that has to do with your provision in Christ has already been given because all the promises in Christ are yea and amen. God will not delay what he has already released in Christ. He said, if I went to the extreme by giving you my son, will I not give you all things? So I'm not holding back anything from you. I've given you all things. Uh, second Peter 1 says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains to life and what? Godliness. But he says in verse 4, he says, whereby we partake of this, through the great and precious promises. So, your understanding, and you know the problem with us, we can hold on to a religious opinion and mentality that refuses us to, to take a humility position to say, Lord, can you show me what I am not getting? Or what I'm not seeing? Or what I do not understand? Because until my understanding shifts, my response will not shift. The woman with the issue of, 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 of blood had a problem for 12 years. The reason it went on for 12 years was not because it was the will of God. It was because of what she knew. But the moment she knew something different, her response shifted. 
So delay is not with God. There are certain areas of your flesh that you are still fighting with God and you don't want to give up. There are certain mentality and psychology in you you don't want to let go. Some certain religious posture and position that you're holding on to and you don't want to let it go. Warfare, it's about what you're wielding. Death or life in the power of God. And they that love it, what does it mean to love? That means they that know how to engage it to the advantage shall do what? Shall eat the fruit thereof. So brothers and sisters, your outcome in life is as a result of what you're saying. The fruit, the Bible says a man shall be satisfied by the fruit of his lips. Is that not so? What you are saying will determine what you become. Say, I hear you. And I told you this, there are two supply sources for what we say. Is that not true? There are two supply sources for what we say. Is that what I said? Come on. Very good. The first one is the word of God, the written scripture. Raise your Bible up, whether it's electronic or, or manual. You may, it's good to have the two. The first source of what you say is the book, the written scripture. What do you know? All right? And the second one is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Is that not true? Yeah. Come on, talk to me. Is that not true? Yeah. All right. Now, hear this, and let me say this, and just push it a little bit further, that as we, listen, we acknowledge in, in spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare is about speaking. Say say it's about speaking. We just found out from 1 Timothy 6.12, it's about speaking or professing a good confession. Is that not true? Is it not true? What does it mean to speak or to confess? It means to acknowledge what God has said. Saying the same thing God has said. Not saying how you feel. There is no power in saying how you feel. There is no power in saying what you see. There is no power in saying what is going on. There is only power in saying what he has said. It's called acknowledgement. In Philemon 1 verse 6. Go there everybody quickly. Philemon 1 and verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. What did he say? It says that the communication, that word communication means the expression, the utterance of your faith may become effectual or producing the desired result. Why? By what? By the acknowledging. What does it mean to acknowledge? It means to say what he has said. Say with me. Say to acknowledge. Are you paying attention? Say to acknowledge. Is to say what he has said. So when you are in church and they're telling you to say this and you're not saying anything, that means you're not acknowledging it. What are you acknowledging? Every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Say, I acknowledge every good thing which is in me that is in Christ. Because what is in you is in Christ. Is that not true? If any man be in Christ, what is he? If any man be in Christ, what is he? If any man be in Christ, what is he? That's why when you come to church, you need to be careful because Satan will want your attention. If you're not getting the word, you're not changing. And if you're not changing, you're not, you're not enforcing your advantage in the warfare. You may miss something God is telling you and may be the answer to what you're looking for in the last five years. All right? He says, <clears throat> we acknowledge of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Now listen to this. We acknowledge every good thing which is in us in Christ. What does that simply mean? Write this down. Write this down. What does it mean to acknowledge every good thing that is in you? It's already in you, but it's in you because you are in Christ. So every good thing that is in you in Christ. What is it? Write this down. It simply means to acknowledge the realities. Everybody say realities. Everybody say reality. Everybody say realities. Everybody say realities. The word reality means truths. To acknowledge every good thing that you means to acknowledge the realities or the truths of our union with Christ. He that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. Say, I am one spirit with Christ because I am born again. You may not be saying this thing. Though. Some of you are sleeping already. If you want to say safe, you don't want to say you're on your own. Say, I am one spirit with Christ. Say, I am one spirit with Christ. To be one spirit with Christ is to be in union with Christ. To be one spirit means to be what? In union or to be one with him. All right. Now, what are these truths? Write them down. What are these realities? The Bible is full of them, but I've, I've, I've summarized them. 
What are those realities we acknowledge in our mouth? That means in this warfare, if you're going to be winning, these are what should be coming out of your mouth. Number one, write this down. Who we are in him. The first reality of our union in Christ is who we are in him. Who you were doesn't exist anymore. Stop calling yourself according to the way they call you. Many of you still name yourself by some bad behaviors that they used to call you before you got born again. Say, you don't know Timothy. Not my Timothy. <laughs> you don't know Timothy. Say, very, you get hot-head. You are not hot-head. You are a new man in Christ. If any man be in Christ, it's a new creature. It's a put of the old man. I'm put on the new man. Say, I'm a new man. So stop calling yourself with your short temper. Say the verse, where will you? What does that mean? Stop glorifying the flesh. You are not called after the flesh anymore. One of the reasons the power of God is not flowing in our life is because we still call ourselves what we wear. Some of you still call yourself according to your culture. You still call yourself according to your history. You still call yourself according to your past. So you know, say people like me, you know, say I don't get strong mind. In this smarty, I don't cry. Where did you hear that nonsense from? You've watched too much Telemundo. Stop calling yourself who you were. Say, you know, like someone like me, I like to do my own thing. You know, I've heard people talk like that before. I like to do my, what's wrong with you? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Uh, Galatians 2.20, 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 14. He said, he that died for one, died for all. Is that not true? Yeah. He said, so Paul says, I, I know no man after the flesh anymore. Who you were in the flesh died the day you got born again. Stop trying to resurrect what is dead. It's like looking at somebody who is in a car. No matter how you try to treat a dead man or a dead person, a dead person is what? He said, talk to the person as much as you want. If the person is dead and dead and gone, he has no more fellowship with this realm. He's left the realm. So stop trying to resuscitate. Many of you are keeping dead things on you. The devil is still convincing you to look at yourself from the picture of your past. Maybe you used to have a wild past before. The devil wants to reanimate it in your mindset. That's why Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So you can put on the mind of Christ that you already have in your spirit. Come on, say with me, say, my spirit, I have the mind of Christ, and I put it on in my soul. That means the way you see yourself in the spirit is the way you should begin to see yourself in your mind. I do not have the spirit of fear anymore. I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So stop attributing nomenclatures or names to yourself. Say, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a melancholic. I'm a phlegmatic. It's not in the Bible. That's psychology. Psychology is not scripture. I'm very phlegmatic. I'm a combination of choleric and phlegmatic. I don't even know what those things mean. You know, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm an introverted person. I don't like to talk. Liar. Who do, is there anybody that doesn't know how to talk in this place? Look at the neighbor and say, don't you talk. Did you not talk before you came here this morning? Yeah, he said, I'm, I'm very introverted. I'm very, um, uh, you know, I'm extroverted. I like to talk. Thank you. Me, I like to talk because I should talk. If I'm going to win, I must talk. Yeah. That's how you keep quiet. Say, I'm an introvert. You know, people like us, we don't like to talk. We like to keep this in our mind. Where did you get that reference from? Who told you that? Do you know who you are in Christ? That's who you are. If you don't say what you are, you are denying and refusing to acknowledge the good thing that God has done in your life. God says, look at your pocket, there's no money. Then you open your mind and say, he supplies all my need according to his riches in glory. Not, I don't get money. I don't get money, it's not you. There's a better way to put it. The Lord will supply it, Amen. What about that money? Nobody. It will be done. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why are you talking? You don't want to admit the circumstance. You want to admit your faith. Your faith is your victory status. So you speak it over it. And if you are a wise wife, you will know what your husband is telling you is coming. 
So, okay, when did they call now? When did they call? When you go bring her? Which time? Which day? Which month? Which time? Tell me, tell me. You want to put him in doubt, Abby? Jesus told the disciple one, he said, let's go wake Lazarus. That's faith. Was Lazarus not dead? He was dead in dead. Four days for that matter. He was already smelly. Regomotis are setting. So Thomas said, you should say Jesus get the brief. They not tell us in the man don't die. They tell him, are you sure? But the way they talk, let's say no, no. They tell us they sleep, I bet they tell us they die. They tell us they die now. So why they talk, say they go wake up. Now, person where they sleep, now they wake now. Person where they don't die, don't die. They don't even bury him. They put stone for the tomb. So what's going on? That's Thomas for you. He likes to reason. Say, so, no, no, think this thing, no. No, think him. No, think him, wait, wait. Before we go, before we go, fool ourselves for there. No, think this matter, there. No, think can reach ground. So he said, let's go. All the disciples, they did talk. But so Thomas said, let's go and die now. <laughs> Then Jesus stopped Say, guys, listen. I know Lazarus is dead. <laughs> but I thank God I wasn't there because of your sake. And in fact, Jesus, the only reason Jesus wept was not because of Lazarus' death. He wept because of their unbelief. Jesus, the shortest place in the Bible was because people didn't believe. Even when he was speaking with Mary, Mary were like, Mary, that was one of his fans. Even Martha was better this time. Mary didn't, he refused, she, in her mind, she was angry with Christ. But you know, making up this talker at the verse. You know that's about when they will not tell you that they're angry with you. They will greet you. When you are the, once you are coming, they'll go like this. They're going to bring their head down. But they'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not I'm, at the verse for you. So Jesus said, go and call her for me. <laughs> say, Master, hey, they call me. Okay. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Then she came. He said, Mary, how are you? He said, I'm fine. He said, now, nah, listen. He said, this is what I want to tell you. He said, um, your brother will live. He said, I know you will live in the resurrection. He will rise again. And I, he said, no. The resurrection is me. I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> when he said that, I said, okay. He said, did I not tell you if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And he said, where did you lay him? He said, master. She will, ma, 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 master, he did smell you. He's four days old. She said, where did, did I ask you to tell me the state? I said, where did you lay him? He said, come. He said, God there. And read your Bible. Jesus got to the tomb alone. Somebody went to the toilet. Somebody went to the market. Somebody went to greet his relative. Somebody said, my uncle just call me at the combo. Peter, I will see you. They just tell me, one of my uncle will never come for like one year. Mass, just quickly say hi. I will return back. Yeah? The you know, bathroom is at the combo. My mama, they call me. <laughs> they all took off. And Jesus only said, roll the stone. And I can imagine they were shaking. Then he just said, Father, thank you. He said, but for the sake of reason, just let's do what you said. Lazarus, out. It's a fight of words. Jesus won that war before he got there. What, if you know, from the way he's speaking, the reason your public statement is not making sense is because you are killing it in your privacy. Some of you have used doubt and unbelief to finish everything. So who you are in him is your place of power. It's your place of grace. It's your place of anointing. That's where heaven agrees with you. When you say who you are, that's where heaven agrees. But when you say how you feel, you start behaving like a kind of man. Unbelievers will cry. You will cry. Unbelievers will be afraid. You will be afraid. Behaving like somebody that is not born again. If what moves unbelievers moves you, then what's the difference between you and them? Nothing. Some of you like it. You know why you like it? Because it gives you pity. Say, yeah, sorry. You become a pity, pity bow. Where did everybody drop their pity on you? Christ is not like that. Check Jesus. He was always bubbling with joy because he was in charge. To be in Christ is to be in charge. When you, when you know who you are, you are in charge. Okay, so let me list them before I round up because my time is up. We'll continue second service. What are the realities of our union? Everybody say, who I am in Christ. What he has done for me. What has he done for you? You need to know that. You need to know that. What we say, well, the righteousness of God, that's who you are. He has done, he has given you forgiveness. He has given you prosperity. He has given you health. He has given you peace. Glory be to God. If you don't know what he has done for you, you will not know what should be working for you. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Now, many who have been born again for 10 years, they don't even have a clue what God has done for them. 
They have just occasional burst when somebody will say one or two things in a statement and they write it down. But it's not a revelation in their life. Number three, what he can do through us. Some of you don't know that. That's why you panic. That's why you're afraid. That's why you're frightened. Because you think it's you. It's not you. The Bible says God is at work within us. Do you know God is at work in you? Because you don't know. You think it's you. So you always give credit. Paul says, we are not sufficient to think anything as coming from us. But our sufficiency is of God. Why? Because God is the one at work in us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is what? In the world. Your talent, your skill, it's just a tool in the hand of God. Don't ever attribute it to your, your looks. You know, you're a young girl because you are fair. You think to be fair is to be preferred. No. To be fair is like a black and a white dog. A dog is a dog. You are not special because you are fair. Are you hearing me? Neither are you less important because you are dark. God will be so foolish to attribute your value to the color of your skin. Are you understanding what I'm saying? They had to convince me several times that my wife was fair because I never saw her as fair. What I saw in her was not her texture. They had to convince, tell her, she would tell you, I'm not lying. I saw the value. God gave me a vision of her. What I saw was beyond her skin. It took me time to realize she was fair. When I said, oh, it's okay, you're fair. Oh, sorry, bro, I don't know. Because my mind is not, doesn't work like that. Some of you will say fair. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You have reduced your value to the, your skin. And that's why they're chopping your money. They will give you cream that will wash you. I was watching something yesterday. They were shooting something that was changing the color of somebody from black to fair. Who told you fair is better? You are, you are dysfunctional. Something's wrong with you. You just see a fair lady. Yes. And some of you brothers, as if you have no vision for your life. Do you think a sister is a, a function of her complexion? What does fair mean? Nothing. It's just like the clothes you wear. The beauty of a woman is in her heart. Bible says favor is deceitful. Say beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Many are working on the external and they are making no investment on the internal. We are just in fine trouble. Hallelujah. Let's pray. My time is up. Rise up on your feet. We'll continue second service. There's so much to say. Somebody says so much to say. I can teach this for hours. Open your mind and begin to thank God. Come on. If you can't, you can stay for the second service to get. I'm going to say some very important things. Open your mind and begin to talk to God. Bring out your offering. Father, we give you thanks for the word you've given to us. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.